At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Were you two in each other's top eight, I have to ask? No, not originally. Tell us who you little yeah. cute meat. Oh. <laughs> now can I ask you this? Is yeah, uh, flip the script. I, I'm learning. This is, this is like a two-way street here. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> ask away. Experience. Hold on, wait. Welcome to the Who's Your Daddy podcast, where we work to demystify the process of starting a family through non-traditional means. From foster to adoption to IVF and surrogacy, come along as we navigate this tricky space on our own journey to fatherhood. Together, we hope to gain insight and answer as many questions as we can. We are your hosts and husbands, Michael and Matt, and today we are talking to... Team Denise. Two Mom. I know, I was like, is he going to say Denise and Ebony or Team Two Mom? Already. Oh, wow. See, see Michael... We're we're talking to Denise and Ebony from Team, Team Two, Two Moms. Moms. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Love. Yay. First. That was perfect. <laughs> well, typically we do like She's a little lying. riff in the beginning, and Michael and I are like talking back and forth, and we're warming up, and we're like, okay, yeah, we feel good. This no, is great. Said, let's, let's get into the intro. Into and yes. then look what happens. Look what happens. We <laughs> totally failed. <laughs> that intro. Oh my god, I am so happy to have you both on the podcast today. We have been following you forever. Your positivity shines through all of your content on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram. So we're just excited to talk and dive into IVF and IUI and the process of having children and your experience through that. And we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot. <laughs> thank you so much thank for having you. us. We're very excited to be here. Yes. So thank you for the invite. We are. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> and y'all just launched a podcast of your own. Congratulations. Oh, famous Pearl. Oh, yes. Team Two Moms, the podcast. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. On all streaming platforms. Thank you. So make sure to go listen to it. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody listening to our podcast doesn't oh. already know who you are, but go ahead and introduce yourselves, <laughs> assuming that somebody hasn't no. already discovered you and all of your wonderfulness. Oh, stop. <laughs> Thank you. I'm blushing. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Men are making me blush. I know, right? I was like, <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am Ebony. And I'm Denise. And we are Team, Team Two, Two Moms. Moms. We have three amazing children um olivia she's 11 and then we have twin boys who just turned six yes Jaden and lucas and we've been creating content <laughs> online for gosh really over a decade yes. um just normalizing lgbtq plus parenting and just spreading positive energy and light 
into this crazy world. And that's that's pretty much a little summary of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And where are you based? We are based in Georgia, but we are from New York. We've been in Georgia for two years now. Yes. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Oh, okay. Wow. So it was like semi-recent, the move. Very recent. Very, very, very recent. So definitely our experience is all based in New York. Definitely very different. We're originally from the Bronx. So mm-hmm. that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's where we met. So that's we- what I was just going to ask. Oh. How did you meet? Tell us your little yeah. cute meet. Oh, we can do a synopsis. I mean, wait, what? Like, you know, that's really exposing yeah. our age, but we met on MySpace. one MySpace. of the original social media platforms um, called MySpace. Pretty much, she hit me up in my DMs. We didn't call anybody oh. in the DMs back then. Um, you just sent me a message. Like, and then yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Will you be my friend? And then the rest is history. Yeah, literally. Really? Uh-huh. Oh my God. How, I do not even remember how you discovered people on MySpace. I remember was it like friends clicking. of friends? You I remember clicking around profiles. Literally put and search people by zip code. Oh, yes. like a phone book. Yes, and you put like the radi- the mile radius, and everything. Like that's how far out? That's how I found her. I put like a like within two miles in the Bronx. Yeah, um, it's like oh my god, pre grinder. Like, yeah, it's like grinder for friends. It's like grinder. Oh my god! But it was so awesome because like you could change your background. Change, yeah. Put a yeah. little yeah. You had your top eight friend. Everyone's friend. Uh-huh. Were you two in each other's top eight? I have to ask. No, not originally. Actually, I feel like right after we met, we wasn't on MySpace anymore. We weren't anymore. Oh. We started to transition to Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. More that was Facebook. cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's how she. Well, we were both in relationships. So oh, it was a little messy. Like, <gasps> <"Ooh, yeah." laughs> oh, I get excited hearing about this. I'm like, yes. <laughs> we, the team. Yeah. we were in relationships. Um, we were respectable for quite some time, but I think we both were having our own separate issues that was just drawing us closer together. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then we realized like Hmm, I think we like each other. And it was rough. It was very rough. Um, in the beginning. I ended up dropping out of college at the time because we uh, she had a crazy messy. ex. If you hear it, I'm yeah, I said it. She had a crazy <laughs> ex. Uh-huh. Oh no. It, it was like if you're not gonna be with me, you're gonna be miserable. <gasps> no. Oh, that's yeah. how we started. That's the worst. Like, offer like a throttle type of thing. That's <laughs> 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 not going to work. <laughs> no, that wasn't going to with me. Oh, no. We get closer through that. hardships. It's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. That. Oh, my gosh. That was our test. Literally, the first year of our relationship, we've been together for. Um, about 17, 18 years now, mm. and the first year I'm was the hardest count. year. Yeah. <laughs> We've been together for a very long, time, very long time, and that was definitely our test. Yeah. And wow. we went through that, and yeah. here we are. It was the right move to be together, clearly. <laughs> and, and 
Uh, Ebony, you're a scientist, and Denise, you're an engineer. By yeah. trade, yes. yeah. So, you oh, amazing. Originally, like you know, I had to drop out of school because of the drama, but she enrolled me back into college. Mm -hmm. She was just like, "Tomorrow's your orientation." I was just like, "My orientation." Whoa. Well, and I went to orientation, and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have got my bachelor's. I already had my associates at the time, but I got my bachelor's in um, computer and electrical engineering. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's incredible. And I have my degree in forensic science. I worked as a forensic scientist for about six years for the New York City Police Department. Wow. Um, wow. Then when I became with child, I had to find a new profession because it was definitely very challenging to work within mm -hmm. that yeah field. I became a mom I was you know privy to a lot of things saw a lot of things and I just mm. had to switch professions so yeah. like, the first year of when Olivia was born that's when I like retired and just was a stay-at-home mom and then I transitioned to patient advocacy and did that for about oh, wow. another five years Mm. And I'm a full-time creator. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Oh my gosh. Oh. So you, you met about 17, 18 years ago and Olivia is, did you say 11 now? Yes, yeah. she's 11. Okay, so we're... We started on we, YouTube when Olivia was one. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So I... Oh, I went all the way back. <laughs> I went all the way back. <laughs> He's like a forensic scientist for social media. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Matthew still has videos um, online from probably what? 2007. 2007, 2008, right? So that's like... The second, second gen YouTubers. <laughs> that's like 15 years ago. Yeah. Right? So it's like completely different world now been on youtube longer than i haven't yeah yeah wow in life wow. in life if i have that, been on youtube longer than i have a story that i don't know what so it is so bizarre <laughs> ogs we have the ogs here exactly yeah so how did the how did the family um discussion come up like was it pretty early on that you guys started talking about having a family uh, was it like one of you was sort of more interested than the other or how did that, how did that discussion come up? Um, yeah. Bingo. You know, when you talk about, so Olivia's 11, so really it was like 12 or 13 years ago mm -hmm. for us. It was a totally different time. We didn't yeah. see much representation. And I don't think the possibilities was ever seated into our minds. I just knew physically I wanted to experience carrying and being pregnant and becoming a mom where Denise I had no idea it was even possible I never saw two mom family before didn't want to be yeah I didn't want to be pregnant at the time so I was just quite confused with this conversation that we started mm -hmm. um she mm -hmm. was just like I really want kids and I'm like I've never envisioned this tell me more wow yeah she and it, it, like I got the bug Right, like I think the day after we got married. <laughs> really? <laughs> but once we like, you know, accomplished that, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm ready to be a mom because I'm married now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You know, you want to start a family. Some married people want to do. You want to start a family. So I literally, like, probably within that week of newlywedness, was like, um, we need to figure this out. Denise, was that something that? That you were like, whoa, what the heck? Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? is this pot like, is this something like, I've never thought about children. And then we started to talk to your 
gynecologist. Yeah, we, I had a very, very close relationship with my doctor. And, you know, I asked her, I was like, you know, mm-hmm. how do we do this? Yeah, <laughs> And right. she was very forthcoming with so much information. She was like, oh, okay, I, this, is, this has been done before. You're not the first. Right. Um, she said it's very much so possible. You would just go through fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just referred us to a fertility clinic that she had a relationship with that physician. And that's how we embarked on our own journey and started there. Now, with my scientific mind, mm-hmm. I did a lot of my own separate research, more specifically about the anatomy of, the, of my body and sure. what it, it takes. It was yeah. it was very I was using apps. I was documenting all types of temperatures with my body. I was doing oh, wow. I was trying to figure out when I ovulate. Like I mm. wanted to know my body inside and out because it's such an investment um yeah. to go through this process. And I felt like if I go into this knowing more about my body itself, because it was a no-brainer. Yeah. I knew it was gonna be me who carries first because she did not have the time. Design. I was just like, mm-mm. No right. mm-hmm. So I began this like three month journey of just figuring out my ovulation cycle, my body and wow. all types of things. And I got it down to a science in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember the morning she'd be like, I can't move yet. Go get go get this and this and this and that. I, don't I had remember to what check it was. my like it was like these. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! teach. There's a lot of things about like the female body that I learn about, like how the temperature of your body fluctuates during different times of your cycle, and I knew through that. So checking the temperature was like a way of being able to see uh-huh. where you're at on your cycle. Uh huh. Plus using like an ovulation kit that tests. And did you see that trend? I did. I did. Wow. The first month was a little wonky. And then the second month, I started to see a pattern. And by the third month, the third month confirmed mm. what I assumed in the second month. And then we were good to go. Yeah, Do you remember second. like wow. what the temperature fluctuation was throughout the cycle? Was it like I higher? I can't remember the correlation. I can't remember if this, if your temperature drops suddenly, that's the day you ovulate or if it increases. Ooh. That's the day you ovulate. But then you couple that with a lot of other yeah. things. There's like things your body secretes that looks mm-hmm. a certain way to let you know that you're close to ovulation. So I was tracking that's called your cervical mucus. And then yeah. I was wow. doing the ovulation test that looks like a pregnancy test, but it's for ovulation. Um, so, I mean, I was doing some hardcore research to the mm-hmm. point I just find that fascinating. I even yeah. research fertility medication because I did not originally want to take so many different medications mm-hmm. because I didn't feel as though I was sitting there because I had a fertility issue other than the fact that I don't have a male partner. Correct. <laughs> so right, correct. Went into this thinking, I can get pregnant. So please do not like let's not start so invasive and so expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so, I love that she was yeah. vocal about that part because I was just like, I'm learning too as we going. Yeah. Um, Seriously. Her, her just saying to the lady, you know, this is what I want to do. I was just like, wow. Okay. I even said the medication I want to be on, yes. how much I want to be on. Yeah. Like, I know. Oh, wow. I know. Like, I want to do. <laughs> I just need your assistance, doctor. Because I can't. Right. Do- <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think um, maybe like the, the, 
uh, public that doesn't have to worry about fertility might not know that like if that you can't just like go buy donor sperm and then just, just like do it you know use it when you ovulate but, but sometimes okay you can but, but can you talk a, a little bit about like but there are medications that yeah. that will increase your fertility or like yeah. help increase your chances a little bit to that because I think like even I haven't I mean, I don't have those parts, so I didn't do all the research. <laughs> no, no. The, that you need medication even to do like uh, IUI essentially is what we're talking about. Correct. Because what you're doing, since you already are in a controlled environment, you want to make it as optimal to get pregnant. So yeah. this medication that makes your eggs more bigger in size and more mm. likely to fertilize with your donor sperm. Well, for us, it was donor huh. sperm. So yeah. I was on medication specifically and only to make my eggs grow large enough that when I ovulate and when they drop down, they will be an optimal size for fertilization. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to be on too much medication because mm -hmm. then you have the opposite problem when your eggs get too large and then they're not able to fertilize you because now that's a whole different concern and worry. You might fertilize too many. This mm, there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's a happy medium in the middle. And oh, wow. Wanted, but that's why we went to a facility to, to help monitor, to monitor or, that, or not that, monitor the medication. Cause there are people that do it at home to do home insemination. And you know, sometimes price money gets yeah. in the way. Yeah. Yeah. When you do do it in the facility, it's great that they have they that controlled you. environment to monitor everything yeah. to make sure they're not giving you too much medication or too little medication. Um, and they even gave me a medication that would induce ovulation. So um, if I take oh my this shot oh on day, mm -hmm. I think we ovulate like on the 16th. So if I took it like on the 14th in two days, right. I would ovulate. But I declined that because I felt like, again, I don't want to be on so much medication. And at least for my first round and for me, I was willing to do more rounds if it didn't work. I wanted to be just less induced with, in medication. I wanted to see mm -hmm. what my body can do on its own. Mm -hmm. And because I had did all of these calculations, I knew day 16 in my cycle is when I ovulate. So day 16 is when I said, well, that's when we're going to do the IUI. Right. <laughs> I'm coming in on this day. Yeah. <laughs> did they give you a discount for all this research? No. <laughs> no. They should have. Yeah. You're like, I went to school yes. for, yeah, for you. Very, very impressed. Yes, very much. Awesome. Just very helpful, and was just like, yeah, she knows, she knows, she knows what she wants to do, and so we're just here to aid through the process. Mm -hmm. I also think the fertility clinic was very excited to have a same-sex couple too. Because um, mm -hmm. again, it, it wasn't as common during that time. But this it, is 2014. This was two no, because we had Olivia in 2011, so it was 2011. 2011. Okay, ten. It was around 2010. 2010 that we were going through this. So um, yeah, they're, for them, they were very excited to see a couple like us. Um, yeah. Since it's in New York, um, it's a little bit liberal there. It's way more liberal than in some other states. Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. we just had so much support from them. And I went in on that day that I felt like I was ovulating. They did the IUI and came back for the blood test, which was like the two week wait, which is extremely dreadful. 
But I yeah. after um, <laughs> nine days past ovulation, DPO, nine days past ovulation, I took an at-home pregnancy test and I saw that faint line. Yeah, and I was just like, so wow. <gasps> I was like, oh my gracious stars. I like, <laughs> it didn't hit me until we saw the sonogram, the, mm-hmm, the ultrasound. The ultrasound with her little heartbeat. Like, oh the, my God. Heartbeat. It's yeah, like great. really small little thing and you're like oh how did we do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah. Yeah. but then we got there i they confirmed it with the blood test i'm my numbers are doubling what they want to see and everything mm-hmm. but then my entire pregnancy just went the experience went downhill yeah. very really yes i was, yeah, she was sick really so bad. so i mean brutally sick throughout the pregnancy so bad that in my first trimester i was ready to like i had thoughts of terminating the pregnancy because oh i was God. so mm-hmm. sick I, I can't even express enough how sick i was but my wife being the supportive amazing I tried partner everything i remember going to the pharmacy getting ginger candies mm-hmm. anything that would help i mean mm-hmm. the bands mm-hmm. just to help with the nausea mm-hmm. and then that's when we discovered i had fibroids mm-hmm. fibroids are these oh. masses in your uterus that grows and i didn't know they were there until i got pregnant because the hormones made them grow larger so it felt like i was pregnant oh. with multiples, yeah, multiples. like like I, just it was just constant they were growing just like a consistent amount of pain bloating pressure i couldn't sit i couldn't lay like oh my god pain 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 pain. and then as olivia was growing you could see that olivia was like literally leaning on laying on the fibroids and i was what does that affect the pregnancy (laughs) the the fibroids or very much so it takes a lot of because what makes fibroids grow is the blood source that you're like it's like the hormones in the blood source. So it's taking a lot of the resources from, mm. from my baby. Like it's, it's just pulling all the energy, oh. it all for themselves. And they're just growing concurrently. They see her as like the foreign body inside of me when really they are the ones. And it was just a really tough, tough, tough pregnancy. Tough, very tough. The symptoms, when did they start kicking in um, after like, you got pregnant and then it was I would say when I graduated from the color graduated make you feel like you graduated from the fertility clinic to just a regular OBGYN once I made that transition which was about eight or ten weeks that's when mm-hmm. everything was and the symptoms it was just all like a lot of nausea a lot of vomiting vomiting morning sickness morning all that sickness. Then I had lost weight I lost 30 so, pounds yeah. what what lost 30 pounds during my no way. 30 pounds I lost I look that's why I only have one photo of me pregnant because didn't want to say, no yeah, way. I just I didn't, and this is like before being on social media you know you have a different mind as a creator right but yeah. I didn't want nobody to have any documentation of my pregnancy. Oh my God. Did you ever have to go in and like get IV like nutrients or hydration or anything because of it? And then on top of that, I had really bad allergies and you couldn't take allergy <laughs> medication when you're pregnant. Yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> miserable. I was, I was miserable. 
Oh my gosh. Oh. And did it last through the whole, like all the way until oh, the full term, full, full term. <sighs> oh, that would be no. enough for me not to want to have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That would be enough. Like so, going through that uh, is just wow. Entire pregnancy. I think that's really that's hard. Very hard. I remember one good day where I had a meal, and it actually stayed down. And I, I know the exact meal where I was and everything. Um, so one oh, good yeah. meal out of my whole entire pregnancy. But again, I lost thirty mm -hmm. pounds. So Michael and I were talking about this beforehand of wow. just like the process of pregnancy and what it's like. And Michael's like, well, I know, like, I, I don't need to know anything more about that. I have no, six sisters that. and 23 <laughs> nieces and nephews. And I'm like, I have one brother. I know nothing about pregnancy. <laughs> I, yeah. So I have 23, soon to be 24, 24. nieces and nephews. No, because you do not. I do. Yeah. Because I have six sisters and one brother. Oh, so I have a huge wow. family. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, multiple family members be pregnant for, you know, and have different experiences and, you know, that sort oh, of thing. So, you, um, I, you know what, though? I have not heard of any of them having fibroids so you know we can always learn yes. something new yes and that absolutely. sounds uncomfortable i wouldn't wish that pain on anyone oof on anyone at mm -hmm. all it's horrible but when olivia was born Yay! <laughs> i know like it, it, it made up it, it was worse. And Olivia knows this whole story. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. It was worth, it's actually 10 months. You know, it was worth all 40 weeks. Well, she came Jeez. at 39 weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I had to be induced because there was concerns with Olivia's sides and all this stuff, mm -hmm. which we've touched upon that where she has a medical right. condition that yep. was like correlated to the pregnancy as well. So, but yeah, it was all worth it at the end. Aww, Maybe that's she, awesome. She gave us the greatest role in mm -hmm. life, which is being, being moms. And so. seeing her birth, now we can, <laughs> yeah. seeing her birth made me want to have babies. <gasps> Oh, oh wow that's awesome so that kind of like inspired you to think about like okay okay yeah. i can do this i think i i, I want to i want to give it a go yeah and you guys had a very um you took a lot of time to choose your sperm donor correct or like you're very kind of like particular about it it was very particular about it in the sense that we wanted that physical characteristics of both of us mm -hmm. and it since I was carrying, that means I needed to find a Puerto Rican donor. Mm -hmm. And there weren't many. There were not many at all. Uh. <laughs> but we found one that was, I mean, it's funny. You're like reading this, mm -hmm. these pages filled with information <laughs> of somebody. You don't even really know what they look like because they don't right. give you an adult photo. They oh, you, they don't give you photos? You, uh, a, baby a baby photo. photo. Well, he was like oh, they give you a baby photo. <laughs> He was like two, two, maybe. Probably like two. What? Yeah. yeah. So there was no like 
photos of them as oh, an adult. Interesting. Wow. No. We have no idea how old he is. Oh, that's very interesting. What? Because for egg donors, we get a whole profile. You see all these photos. You see photos of their family. You see photos of them. You see photos of their really? children if they have any. You like you. They answer like a whole essay, oh, like all these changed. questions. It could have changed. But like, holy crap. Maybe, but I know back then for sure. No. Wow. We heard his voice because they had him answer a few questions, but we have no mm -hmm. idea. We saw his silhouette, which we is know just his occupation. His silhouette. His silhouette. It. And it's literally just a silhouette, silhouette. A black silhouette. Black silhouette. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh -huh. That is not much info to go off no. of. No. Uh, no. We just know we know his height and his occupation. We knew family history. We don't know where he lives. No, 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 no. We don't know none of right. that. But we did and know the family history. Family history. Genetics, yeah. all that stuff. What he's a carrier like of. Conditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. That we oh didn't know. But, you know, back then, just to find a donor that was of Puerto Rican descent was just like, okay. Mm -hmm. But honestly, <laughs> the baby picture really was what was like, whoa, yes. That, that yeah. sealed it. Yeah. Sealed it, yeah. Because he looked similar to me when I was young. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. So that's how we chose the donor. Yeah, that's how. And then fast forwarding on the topic of donor, we decided that with having more children and then it switched to her carrying because we get asked a lot, like, why didn't we then find an African-American donor when she decided she wanted to carry? Yeah. Was Did you do the same sperm donor? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. We just used the same donor. Mm -hmm. And I... For us, it was more about when we have all of our offsprings, because we were manifesting that she was going to get pregnant. We didn't think mm -hmm. twins, but when we met her, we said, because we had chosen a donor where your offspring can find out his identity, meet when him, 18. when they turn 18, I wanted it to be a journey where they're looking for one person. Yeah. I wanted it to be a journey where we're searching for more than one donor. Um, being biologically related felt right at the time, but now to us doesn't matter anymore. But at that sure. time it felt like, okay, at least they'll have this connection there for right. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you start thinking as a parent in an LGBTQ plus relationship, there's a lot of different hurdles and challenges and questions that your children may have. So we try to think about what are like ways to alleviate some of those challenges? Sure. And for us at that time, it felt like, okay, if we use the same donor, they'll go on it together. So mm -hmm. when Olivia would be 18 before the boys, they don't got to worry because yeah. now they know. They all will know at the yeah. same exact time. And that's how. That's just, it's interesting because it's like the opposite. You know, it's just like this. It's like the same thing that we're sort of right. doing just with the different parts right so like yeah. you have eggs and eggs and then use the same sperm donor and we yeah. have sperm and sperm and use the same egg donor i do have a, you know, a question so. on that though like do they when when you're going through this mm -hmm. did they give you the option of um sperm donors that, that you'd know their identity uh yeah. right away or was it just all anonymous oh, and no option oh, oh, none. I'm curious now to check. I website. am curious now. <laughs> like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's a big difference because for us, it was like, okay, do you want um, an egg donor that you know the identity of, or do you want um, an egg donor that you won't know the identity of? So and, when you say the identity of, meaning like 
your offspring can find out the identity or you will know this person's name, what they look like both and before. Both yes and. and. Yes and. So both of those options. You yeah. can have the option of meeting your egg donor <gasps> um, and knowing who they are. Which is kind of rare, but which we, is rare. that's what we did. Okay. Now can I ask you this? Is yeah. Oh, a- flip the script. I, I'm sorry. Well, this, is, this is like a two-way street here. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> no experience. Hold on. Wait. Is there a price difference uh, <laughs> in regards to like anonymous versus you know when oh, they turn 18 good. versus you can know right now? Because there was a price difference for just that mm. aspect. That's interesting that you say that because I was listening to a podcast that's, that mentioned that there was a there was a price difference between anonymity and non-anonymity well we didn't know that for sperm for sperm donors oh but for us for the egg for the egg donor it was like okay well first of all a lot of times people will go in and they'll just like look at the photos look at the profiles look at the family history all that and then but for us we were like can we like talk to them like i wanted to get an idea of their personality and they were like um i mean we can ask so then we started with like zoom calls Mm-hmm. And we did like two Zoom calls, um, and the second one that we had, like we just I just felt very connected, and she was like so warm. And we on that call, it was like, um, you know, are you guys open? Are you guys wanting it to be closed? You know, or open? Essentially, we're like, what? Once the eggs are donated, then like, there's no contact. There's no like info really. Right. Um, Wow, There's no info exchange. Do you want it to be open wow. in the sense where, like, uh, we will funnel information about, um, like, your surrogate's pregnancy and when the babies are born, like, through the agency, then on to the egg donor? Um, mm. And so we were like, honestly, we're kind of, like, open to either. And she was like, I was kind of hoping for an open, you know, because I think, you know, oh, she was oh. like, I wanted to see, you know, essentially my a potential other like offspring that has my genetics and we both kind of like started crying yeah and then we're both like <laughs> okay that sounds great we're not necessarily completely isolated people who you know we're like yeah. rather public with um our life so it's like for us i think it maybe is a little bit more natural to think that way or just be like well, if you could find us on social media and like follow the children as they're like growing up anyway. So like, what's the difference between that and then yeah. them being, b- being able to like, no, I don't know. But then like afterwards, I did have a bunch of doubts and second guessing like our own decision of meeting the egg donor because then I'm starting to realize like, oh my God, we just made this big decision that we don't know the ramifications of that five years, 10 years down the line. Like when our child is asking um about their birth mother like what information are we going to give them do we want to be making those decisions right now in 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 this period of our life like we don't know we don't know what we're doing Uh um so i had kind of like these doubts and questions come up and you know i i think i came to a point a point where i was at peace about it i'm like okay we did it we met her she's fantastic um and what am i afraid of my children are going to love me no matter what Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for us to know their birth mother, I think is a privilege and something that is, is great. So, Mm -hmm. like, at least, I don't know, down the line, like, if they ask about it, when they do, Mm -hmm. I, I can I can tell them and say, yes, like, I know who your birth mother is, or not your birth mother, your genetic mother is. Um, 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you, uh, do you have any advice on, like, yes. do you know, like, what like what age do those questions start coming up? Like, I'm assuming you guys have obviously bridged that at this point. Firstly, I think what you guys did is, is amazing. Like, yeah. for us, when we make the decision of, like, how far, like, do we want to go anonymous? So that's all we had was anonymous or not anonymous right. was we wanted there to be the optimal amount of options for our children to make the decision for themselves. Yeah. Oh, we did yes, not want to good. be the decision makers for them. So for us, that meant I we had that. to find somebody that would give them the option. That was important to not take that mm-hmm. away from them. Mm-hmm. And we respect those who doesn't want to live and the parents make that decision. Oh, totally. Yeah. Also great. But for us, we wanted them mm-hmm. to make the, have the option. Now, only our oldest, Olivia, is in that realm of really understanding that there's somebody genetically out there who helped create her. And to be honest with you, we still do not have the answers in Mm -hmm. in what's Mm -hmm. the right timing because she's at an age where she'll either ask us questions or she cares not to know. So we're at her pace in regards to what she wants to know, how much she wants to know. When we did start, you know, telling her, like when she learned just in school, just the analogy of that, what it takes to make a baby, like, you know, it's genetically male and female and she sees she has two moms. Yes, she had those curiosities. Mm -hmm. She kind of like approached us and kind of a bit of some curiosity Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And Denise and I literally had, we actually created content as a spoof, but it's really how we felt. It felt like, oh my gosh, it's time. What are we supposed to do? I saw that. Holy moly. How do we talk about this? We're still in that boat of just. So it's a little bit new. It's new. It's a learning. Even for you guys at 11, right? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I mean, she's also at the age where she's like, you know, mm, I don't really care to know, but mm-hmm. I know she will eventually, for sure. And yeah, I, I think the only question I've gotten recently from Lucas is um, h- how different families are. So like, he's like, so I have two moms, but there's also parents with like, you know, two dads and stuff like that, or like a single mom, like he made that note to me. But no question wow. directly about the donor yet with him. And and it's going to be probably a totally different experience. You yeah. Know, because now these are our sons and they might have a different experience from how Olivia may feel. So mm. we're still mm-hmm. in that boat of navigation, mm-hmm. of explaining to our children. And I think our 
biggest, if we were to give anyone advice is to just be honest with them when they ask questions and don't be afraid to let them know things. Like you want to be the first to kind of explain things, especially in the age of social media where things are just so easy mm -hmm. to like look up and find. We have a whole collection yeah. of videos of things we talked about before she probably even understood it and she could find those now. Like we just want to be able to have like those conversations with her and for her to know she can. Mm -hmm. That we our feelings won't be hurt. We are so secure that you love us. We're mm -hmm. your moms. We're your parents. Please feel this is a safe space. You can come to us if at any point you want to meet him. You want to know more about him. You're feeling like a part of you is missing or maybe you don't. Like, mm -hmm. I just want her to know she can have those I just feel like a lot of her questions start off by like a question a friend may have asked in school. Oh, that's oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh -huh. That that illuminates the, the bulb in her head. Like, oh, my friend asked me that. Oh, that's a great question. Let me ask my mom. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> this will be so good. School to... is fun, y'all. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you guys talk more about that, like, in the future, too, of just, like, navigating that stuff so that we can like <laughs> stuff learn my God. And, yeah. oh yeah oh okay. yeah i mean some of the stuff that like even my nieces and nephews i think hear from their friends at school that are totally unrelated to like you know the sexuality of their parents or whatever i'm just like oh boy like your parents did not teach you that you learned that at school for sure like wow That's so true. <laughs> olivia is born mm -hmm. everything is yeah. going wonderfully we have you know, the first child yes. to building your family. Yes, how I definitely you, want to talk about IVF. How do you all of the things? Yes, Denise, how did that come up for you? I mean, obviously you said when Olivia was born, you know, that sort of like was inspirational for you. Mm -hmm. And then how did that kind of progress forward? Kind of took the same road, you know, we went to the to the doctor and then the doctor, then we went to the fertility place. What happened was we had moved out of the city. So the foundation we had already yes, built with different. conceiving Olivia, we had to kind of start anew in this new location of where we were at. And um, luckily- This is upstate New York? Upstate New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we're fast forwarding five years. So things are a little bit more progressive now. Sure. Um, and- It was way different. We had yeah. another, there was another couple that lived where we lived that used the same facilities and gave us advice and was telling us like, oh, you should go and start your journey here. Mm -hmm. um, I had, I was already working in a hospital as a patient advocate. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. oh, okay, a whole yeah. bunch of physicians and nurses and they knew our family mm -hmm. dynamics That's and our structure. So we actually had more support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same time for it. And then I remember the consultation and then the way our plan was to take it IUI. Because like Ebony, you know, I didn't have any concerns at the time. Yeah. Right. But um, but I wanted to do we wanted so we wanted to do IUI. You did five IUIs yes. <gasps> throughout the day. I'm gonna talk to her journey because she was having out of body experiences because it she was really went hard. I had seven failed attempts. Six. Whoa. Six failed attempts. Six Whoa. failed attempts. Yeah. So five IUIs. Five. We had two IVFs. The last IVF cycle is, is yes, the twins. Yes, the last one was 
was the oh twins. Oh my gosh. Now during her IUI, the reason why we transitioned to IVF, we was at the fifth. At that mm-hmm. point, I think at the time they were like, after five tries, I, at this mm-hmm. point, you should just try IVF. But there were things that were concerning with her cervix that they felt like the IUIs were not working. It, it was called mm-hmm. cervical stenosis. Okay, um, sure. And there were pileups. I remember the yeah, pileups. I had multiple like procedures done to mm-hmm. see if they could clear it up. Um, the stenosis was not, there was multiple procedures, like three procedures overall. Yes. Jeez. And it was hmm. just, I mean, and all this is costly at yeah. a certain right. point. It's like, wow. You're right. like, Wow. Not only financially, but also emotionally, physically. Is IUI an all out of pocket expense? Like, is is there a medical coverage for it? Times have changed. I can't speak to now because I do know a lot of couples who have, like, who work at Starbucks where they can cover the entire time. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. You need to work at Starbucks. (laughs) In our time, because we presented as a two-month family the insurance companies didn't see it a medical necessity Um, until you you pass five IUIs so everything for my pregnancy in trying to conceive was cash we had to pay Mm -hmm. out of pocket Mm -hmm. there was no concern with her the insurance said well after five attempts (laughs) <laughs> then that is deemed medically necessary and now we'll start to cover costs. Jeez. And then it wasn't even the cost of the actual IVF. It was cost for like blood tests, urine samples. Um, it didn't cover much. To it be didn't cover much. It didn't, no. it didn't cover the meat and potatoes. It right, was just- yeah. Oh, wow. The actual expensive stuff, yeah. <laughs> but that transition from IUI to IVF was intense because the amount of medications that you have to take for IVF, I right. didn't expect that. Like, I would just, yeah. I have to take what and take what and monitor what. Like, I'm not used to that. But luckily, I have a scientist as a wife that <laughs> will help me with everything. And literally, I would rely on her to give me my shots that I remember one time she wasn't around and I'm panicking like, who's going <laughs> to give me this shot? I think her mother had to come over to give me the shot. I don't remember. <laughs> I felt super proud after it because mm-hmm. I was like, I never thought I would be going through such all of this to to have a baby. Like at the time, yeah. I was just like, yeah. wow, yeah. I go through all this. Yeah. But I went through all the surgeries, all of the medications, yeah. the going under multiple times. Wow. And then our first IVF, we did not, it did not, it was a miscarriage. It was a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that was very hard on me. Um, yeah. Because at this time, I, you know, I already had the IUI and I was just like, oh, you know. It's gonna work. I had high hopes. Yeah. I remember going to work. Uh, I was working in corporate America, and I remember going to the bathroom multiple times and testing myself without like letting my wife know. Um, and it, it wasn't positive. And then that gut gut wrenching feeling of wow, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get pregnant and stuff. Oh, so yeah. fine, we find out that you know I'm not pregnant. So um, now we was like, let's do a second attempt. And she this had two attempt, more embryos left. Two more embryos left. 
Oh. So you had three. Did you have four or three total? Four total. So you transferred okay. twins at or like two at the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the failed one, and then you had two left. Full disclosure. Oh we my god. We currently have five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but similar circumstances, like know, four embryos, like... five embryos. Uh. You know, starting at that, and then it is a little bit gut wrenching to be like, okay. <sighs> oh my gosh! Because you went through all of the, all of those procedures for like months. months? How many know? months was this? Wow. Or years, oh, even. Probably a year, and then. There was a difference to me. I don't know. This is just my own little thing, but my scientist's brain. <laughs> when she did the IVF the first round, it was considered a fresh transfer. So the embryos were never frozen. And then her second um, round of IVF, they were frozen. For some reason, mm-hmm. I just felt like it was just better for it to kind of like mm-hmm. sit there than be the fresh version of the embryos. Hmm. Um, I truly, through some literature that I read, it, they said is a a little bit more of a higher chance if you use frozen embryos versus fresh embryos. What? Um, yeah, yeah. She had forward me the. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought it was the. Op- I thought it would be the opposite. No. I would think that fresh she- right? frozen. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're taught. Fresh food. You want to eat? Yeah. This notion of fresh versus frozen. No, yeah. She sent me the, the article and I was, it was just like, like oh, okay. But when we were in the office. For the final transfer, the seventh try, she looked at me and I said, um, this is it. This I'm is it. I'm not going to yeah. try anymore. If it yeah. sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't stick, I can't put my body through this. I had gained a lot of weight and I just was feeling uncomfortable with my body because, you know, like I, I'm what you say, a, masculine, a, a masculine presenting mm-hmm. and um, my boobs were beyond what I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm my body was changing and i and and i was disappointed with not being pregnant um yeah. oh my god it was like an emotional roller coaster uh which wow is- basically six rounds of hormones six rounds of injections six rounds of all of that time energy yeah both of you kind of like went through it and like getting Literally. to the point of pregnancy that is a lot that's yeah. so much investment but then the birth we're over here like just trying to process on a journey that's not ours but just like trying to like go through it in our brains and <laughs> you guys are like you guys are like no but it's fine it's fine we're here we're good <laughs> i love it Thank and we kind of felt like it took right away because what well, um because the numbers it was something about she was monitoring the numbers and they were double Mm, the um, HCG, the, yeah, the HCG. The HCG was. And she was like, oh, "Whoa, we think, I think." Yeah, because um, I'm as again as we learn along the way. When you have multiples, it doesn't really hit you till they're actually born. I don't know. <laughs> I had a hard time with like telling myself I have two in there. <laughs> <laughs> I got two in the oven. Two in there. <laughs> you're like can i can they uh, how did they fit in there yeah, how, many, like, how come i only feel one oh yeah that's what i was gonna yeah. ask is it, was there any like perception of being able to feel one kick versus the other one kick or was it just oh, kind of like all just there the whole time the wow. whole time i think because you didn't know wow. what a singleton i didn't know, felt yeah, like. I don't know the feeling so, of just mm. one 
So it was like so it's I possible just, one was moving and then the other one moved. Like you know, they were just taking turns. But I wouldn't know. Only when we did the sonogram, because the yeah. sonogram was like super clear, and that's when I saw both of them, and I was just like, "Oh, there's two of them." <laughs> two of them. But then let me tell you, her pregnancy was no joke because yeah. it first started with when you have to do these genetic testings when you're pregnant, and the next thing you know, we're on this like ultimate high of like, "Wow, mm-hmm. we're having two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the genetic testing comes back and we're sitting in front of a genetic counselor yeah. and she's like mm, the results came back and it looks like twin b may be, may have down syndrome and, oh. and, and it was like it was like first that Followed by, here are your options. We can do further testing to get confirmation. We can do another blood test, but that's not as definitive. There's another test that we could do where we would stick a needle in your belly, but then there's a high chance Mm -hmm. that you can miscarry. Right, wow. Or thirdly, you can do selective reduction. Right. Mm. What? Yeah. I was bawling my eyes out. I was just like, I went through all this, and this is just <gasps> felt like. But there's, and I think you were bawling your eyes out because it's like there's this this stigma, like okay, yeah, why do I have to terminate? Like, oh, right. well, why are we putting that label? All right, if my baby may have Down syndrome, okay, we're gonna love her. Yeah, what resources we gonna do? This? What, are, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so just like a roller coaster, and then she got so sick as. Oh no! <laughs> the same like timeline or like no? no. Um, mine. Oh, um, you had preeclampsia. Preeclampsia. I had, oh god. Uh, gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, oh no! <laughs> gestational diabetes is bad enough, yeah. right? No chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you can't have any sweets or anything yes, like that. Yeah, a huge, like diet change. Yeah, I had to be on a diet, so like yeah. insulin. I had to have, be on the insulin, which was horrible. Oh, and then preeclampsia can get pretty serious. Preeclampsia can be very serious, and it can lead to pre- sorry, I can't think of my words. <laughs> premature birth. It can lead to premature birth because preeclampsia, if the blood pressure gets too high, then it's like okay, we got to take the baby now. Right, right, right. So that's a pretty serious issue, and it can get really bad and be super dangerous to the babies as well. How long? How long uh, were you able to carry the twins? Till thirty-six weeks. Oh my gosh, that's great! I yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. With all of that. Wow. I kept saying, "Wow, you did really good." Was this yeah. um, a lot of extra monitoring? Did you have to go in for a lot of extra appointments, etc.? As they're yeah, kind of like monitoring. Like with Lucas. Yeah, the fluid. Liquid, the fluid, fluid in his, his brain. brain. Mm-hmm. I had to undergo an MRI while being pregnant. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Not fun. Because no. it, it was like, so two hours. Was it two or four hours? <sighs> it was four hours. It was a very <gasps> It was a very long time. Um, so they put me in two hours. Then they said, the babies are moving too much, so we got to give you sleepy medicine. Gave me sleep, sleepy medicine. I think I was more drowsy than the babies because they were moving around a lot. <laughs> Take me out another two hours uh, to give me more medicine to try to put the babies oh to God. sleep. And put me back again for two hours. It was like a whole day. They had me in there all pretty much all day from the morning to like the evening. Mm-hmm. I had another question with the genetic testing. They did the transfer and then they did genetic testing 
after the transfer, after everything was there. And then they're like, we think there's on her because between having Olivia and her journey, we found out that the donor is a carrier for a gene for um, a likelihood that if you have this same gene, Mm. you will have an offspring that is deaf. So once the fertility clinic knew that we could not use the donor until they Mm -hmm. did genetic testing her to make sure she didn't have a dominant or even a recessive gene for the specific gene. Um, So that was the only genetic testing. There was the option, but that was another price tag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That insurance is not covering. I'm like, straight people don't do all this. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. But then what happened with that? Because they did the genetic testing and then they somehow thought that there was possibility of Down syndrome. And then what happened? How did they we progress just from that? It. I think we end up just ignoring it. Ignored it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I can't remember, but I know I was, I was emotional about it, but I was just like, we're going to do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Um, I'm not sure if the, M- oh, the MRI gave us a little bit of, clarity but Mm. it was to the point where they still had to monitor him one thing that i wanted to touch on i i I didn't want to forget was so both of these births uh, ebony's and denise you both gave birth in new york correct yeah and then you had to do a second parent adoption or no no we didn't how does that yeah how does that work so second parent adoption was not even a thought in our minds living in New York at all. Um, from the moment Olivia was born 11 years ago, I was on the birth She was on the birth certificate. Wow. New York was okay. That's insane. That's amazing. Yes, they were very, very progressive for same-sex families. Um, we The only thing that New York had was when we got married, um, we had to go out of state to get our marriage license in a state that legalized same-sex marriage. And then New York had a law where they will recognize it, but they don't actually perform same-sex legalized Uh, marriages at that time. mm -hmm. It changed. Mm -hmm. It changed before it became legally federally. Um, So once we had proof that we were married, that gave her right away to be on the birth certificate with no questions asked when I gave wow. birth to Olivia. <laughs> so the state the state's Ooh. like, we're not gonna marry you. No. But no. you, you can get married somewhere else. Yes. You can be on the birth certificate. We will, <laughs> it's, we will honor it. Yes. <laughs> when you come back. Pass a law so that we can get married in New York. How yes. about that? Yes. Yes. The birth certificate laws in the U.S. still, is, it's crazy from state to state, the yeah. differences. But did anything change after marriage equality or did that just make it like easier, like like nationwide, like you weren't worried that if you were in a state? I mean, now that we're in Georgia, which is a less progressive state, mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely didn't change anything with having all three kids in New York. We're both on each other's birth certificate, each, all the kids are birth certificate. Both right. parties are there. I think they just distinguish between the birth mom. So the, literally this section says birth mom. So you know which one actually gave birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, the only reason why we 
now need to do second adoption. It's just the overall state of our political world here, <sighs> where we're seeing so many things being overturned that our former leaders have worked yeah. so hard to instate that are being taken away. Yeah. So yeah. you don't know at any given moment what in the world can happen. So you, we do need to, all LGBTQ plus families need to make sure we protect ourselves mm -hmm. in every way possible. What if they do overturn the legalization of same-sex marriages? You know, that right. would be in a really bad, yeah. bad position. So I just think that doing second parent adoption just really Secures. protects us yeah. as mm -hmm. always, no matter what, being considered our children's parents, both of us. For all three children, so especially in the school system, doctor yeah, visits that was like the that. only thing we had a little issue with with Georgia mm -hmm. is the school district registering our children. At... I was going to ask if you, if there was a difference between New York and and Georgia. My assumption is yes, but I've heard a lot of people like where where they're like surprisingly no everything's great <laughs> i mean that's the only thing that we've encountered was just trying to other than that um you know home owning maneuvering animals, right. animals, everything just seems very normal here sure. um we're luckily in a great neighborhood with great neighbors and a community and support and all that great so all of that was seamless it was just the school district that didn't have a system to be able to put both of us as the parent, mm -hmm. unless we had hmm. adoption papers. Oh, so what I was listening to recently was that like the birth certificate isn't a legal binding contract of like parentage. It's not. So even though you're birth both on the birth certificate, that doesn't that's not like a, a document that holds up in court. Mm -hmm. Like say for um uh. For instance, like one of us passes away, you know, God forbid. Um, Thanks. And like, <laughs> oh, fine, we'll say I pass away. Whatever. No, 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 no. no and the, the the child that's biologically like tied to me has not been like second parent adopted by you, even though you're on that child's birth certificate. Like the legal custody of that child can isn't like forthright. I'm pretty sure. Wait, so I'm clarifying. <laughs> Even though if we're both on the birth certificate, we still need to do a second parent adoption to have these like legal papers as like a backup. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. I am learning. Oh my because, God. Because in the US, uh, biology like trumps, trumps. everything else essentially, yeah. which is why straight couples, it doesn't really matter because it's like, oh, I'm biologically that person's parent. Got it. Um, <laughs> Which is also the struggle, I think, with the foster care system is that we value biology over like what's actually best for, for the, the child. So parental rights uh, in the U.S. trump like ch like the rights of the child uh, ex like oh, abundantly wow. more. Yeah, which I think we're gonna get maybe into potentially yeah, it later just seems at like some point. But, this but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty wild. So did your school district change like a policy or a form or a, anything? I, feel like or... Have. I do feel like because now they do they do refer to us both as the parents. I think I think what we encountered was a lack of diversity in the area that we particularly live in, and particularly mm. in this school district has never encountered 
yeah. it saves yeah. couples. And then the teachers, they're like, you're, you're the first. Yes. Like, the first? Yes. The teacher was very transparent. Jeez. It was like, you know, this is the first time I've had a same-sex family in my classroom because they are very specific pointed events. Like they have an all-pro dad's event. They have a Mother's Day event. They have like these mm. very specific events that teachers are like, okay, how do mm-hmm. we approach this <laughs> and wow. we don't mind because we love the full transparency like we're here to help educate if it's your first sure. time it's totally okay if it's your mm-hmm. first time thank you for letting us know clearly you care enough to talk yeah. to us yeah. to get it right right you can't fault a you know a school district for just not having that right it's not like their fault that they don't have a same-sex couple but um how they respond to it is obviously I do quite important to hear that the response is at least positive that they're trying that's it that's it we can uh, we will hold your hand and guide you through this process. yeah <laughs> we will be that first <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing yeah, yeah. and that's that. so what um i want to you to do a little plug for your audio adventure with your podcast. Yes. Okay. So if you want to continue to follow our journey, because like we said, we are still navigating a lot of different challenges. You can find us on team Two moms on all platforms. We have embarked on a new journey of podcasting as well, which live. Thank you. Um, now Team Two Moms the podcast. Team Two Moms the podcast. Oh, we're all streaming platforms. Yes, ma'am. Let them know. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, yeah, and you can find the video format on a YouTube channel called Pasture Bedtime. They're the ones who are. Uh. Love. The support of us having our own um, podcast, the platform that is making it all come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, our our podcast is about just highlighting experiences as we get older in life and just finding a voice for us on social media that, you know, we're still here. It's a lot of the, the TV <laughs> yeah. boppers and the younger generation, you know, saying, know. you know, and doing their thing. And we love it. <laughs> but we can all coexist. So we I... can- I'm obsessed with the millennial vibes of I, I saw like the logo in the album artwork for the podcast and how like yes I'm like oh yes 90s child I get mm-hmm. it like I love amazing. that amazing yeah. props with production like they did an awesome job yeah the set, yeah so, <laughs> so yes that's where you can find us we will be listening I'm excited we just want to send a lot of love we're always here for any support you need during the journey thank, thank you. you I appreciate that yeah. like a lot actually I, I think that's why we create the content both of us that's why we're creating the content and sharing our experiences to form community as well and so we are always here um, if you need anything and we wish you i i wish you we wish you so much success during your big journey and just remember that um there's going to be ups ups and downs but you too have each other you support each other through this whole thing which i know that you guys are already doing (laughs) but at the end of the day when you're at home you're together this is your support yeah yeah right here to get you through this journey so because i actually needed that reminder because lately it's been a lot it's a lot (laughs) so it's it's kind of like we're going through it yeah yeah it's been messy it, it is. You, you are continually told, right? Like, I think anybody, like, straight couples who, like, getting pregnant and having kids or, like, you know, us going <sighs> through surrogacy yeah. or IUI or IVF or all the things, you know, you're, like, told. 
it's bumpy like there's lots of ups and downs and then mm-hmm. but like through the through the ups it's like great and you're like oh my gosh it's so awesome and then through the downs it's 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 hard to mm-hmm. like have the the persistence mm-hmm. and drive to be like scream. to be like is this worth it like it's like am i just going to be doing this forever and like yeah. never going to end up with what i was hoping for and then am i going to spend like half of my life savings just trying to, to do this process and it's so stressful that way i saw you guys' recent posts and realizing you've you've gone through one part of the journey and now you're looking ahead at the other part of the journey daunting. financial responsibilities there right please don't get discouraged oh thank you <laughs> i know yeah. it's a lot that you're putting out Promise yeah. you, it, it all kind of just dissolves once you reach your goal. Once it gets there. It does. It does. But you guys Aww. got this. You got this. <laughs> well, thank you both for being you like this episode, please leave them like a very heartfelt comment. Seriously, though. Give it this episode or our podcast Team a two rating, moms. a follow. Um, follow their podcast. I'm, it'll be out by this point, and I'm we're so excited. And I think it's just it's so fun to like. I I've discovered a few like queer family podcasts, and the surrogacy journey itself is so somewhat daunting and like a little bit nebulous. Uh, which is why I was like, I feel like I just need to, we need to sit down and like have like hour long discussions about this to try and so like, we can learn to like figure stuff out. Um, and so I'm so excited that you guys are going to be able, you know, to bring your perspective to it as well as like two moms. So it's going to be you. Thank you, thank the you, more thank you. it's just like visibility and like people when they want to go into these processes, they're like, oh, like mm-hmm. we can listen to them. Like yeah. they've done this before. We're not <laughs> the first gay moms like having going through IUI at the clinic, you know, like, yeah, they, so it's it's. I'm excited. You're also building a community of even outside of the LGBTQ plus community of just yeah. trying to conceive, right? So, oh my gosh, um, absolutely. All people who struggle with fertility. who struggle, yep. Well, thank you guys all for listening. And until next time, daddy's, daddy's out. out. Wait, they have to say mommy's out. Yeah, say mommy's out. <laughs> One, two, three. Mommy's out. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.